everyone to another special guest episode today we have an oakville native and current member of the canadian national women's hockey team brianne jenner brianne has a long list of achievements so we'll, i'll just name a few today she played at cornell where she was a four-time patty kazmaier award finalist which is awarded to the top female college player in the u.s she was the 2011 ivy league rookie of the year she's played in the canadian women's hockey league for the calgary inferno where she has captained the team the two clarkson cup championships and has also played in two olympics where she got gold at sochi in 2014 and silver in pyeongchang in, in 2018. she's currently playing with the national team and agreed to call in from out west as she's gearing up to take on the usa in a rival series so without further ado here's brianne jenner enjoy all right, so we got Brianne Jenner on the line. Want to say hello? Hi guys. All right, so um, we're uh, we're recording here. I'm Brady. We got Keyshan, Aiden, and Ryan's actually calling in also from Western University. Want to say what's up, guys? Hey, what's going on? Well, what's going on, guys? Shout out Western. <laughs> there it is. Um, boo Western. Um, so Brianne, are you uh, you're you're out west right now? Where are you with the team? Yeah, we're actually in Victoria right now. Um, we're starting off our rivalry series against the U.S. So we're in first games in Victoria on Monday, and then we go to Vancouver, and then we head down to Anaheim for the third one. Awesome. So it's kind of like a little best of three uh, rival series there. Yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll be good. I think all three games are on TSN, and yeah, it's a good uh, tune-up before Worlds later on this year. Yeah, we'll, we'll be watching for sure. And is there... Is it like it's it's all it's like it's it's all just kind of like it is the Olympics like it's all that kind of level of competition you guys are serious so it's more like you know this isn't the this isn't worlds yet and it's just more of, more of a friendly competition or is it all it all just go? Uh, more the former, honestly. Every time we play the U.S., it's pretty intense. Of course. Um, I think you know these pre-world series. The the goal for our team is to win the series, um, and then the secondary goal is kind of to prep for the world. So, um, you know, obviously the most important thing on our calendar is the world championships, but, you know, anytime we play the U.S., we're, we're in it to win it. Um, so just a quick question about, like, um, I guess just, like, you know, the Team Canada hockey in general. Um, what is it like to play with so much pressure? Because I feel like all of Canada just expects all Canadian hockey teams just to win and win big. So <laughs> is that a lot of pressure yeah. for you guys? Yeah, it's true. I mean, when you play hockey for Canada, the expectation is gold every time. Um, I think I think everyone that plays at this level, like that pressure, we enjoy it and we expect it. Um, and it's like anything, you know, when you prepare properly and you, you put in the time and training, um, when you get to those big moments, you're ready. And, you know, it's like you kind of rely on that muscle memory and that automatic you know from all the hours that you put in um you're ready when it when it comes time and, and there's so much pressure on you um it's actually surprising but I, I think it's you know the more you prepare the more ready you are for those opportunities and i think we all especially my teammates we we seek out that pressure we like that pressure everyone dreams about being you know clutch in those big moments and and that's what you look forward to as an athlete uh, yeah, you definitely had some clutch moments, and we'll get into that in a, in a little bit. But uh, 
uh, I think we're gonna rewind back very, very far to um, like your your first time playing. What got you interested in the sport in the first place? <laughs> I wish I could remember. I mean, I started <laughs> skating when I was two and started playing when I was three. Um, my dad and my uncle ran like kids hockey leagues. And I kind of had that quintessential Canadian story. My my dad built a a rink in our front yard, and I'd be. Uh, my mom says I'd be out there in, in diapers, and she'd have to like call me in to, to get my <laughs> diapers changed, <laughs> like a two three year old. So yeah, uh, I think I just I fell in love at a young age, and um, you know I haven't really lost that passion yet. I'm pretty lucky that way. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it gets more Canadian than that. Just like the outdoor rink, yeah. you know, built by your dad. Uh, that's just so perfectly Canadian. Uh, so Brienne, uh, from how it sounds, hockey was your first love as a sport. Um, but were there any other sports uh, going through elementary school or high school that you really enjoyed? Yeah, I mean, I I tried everything. I and I played a lot of different sports soccer was my other big sport so like you know I'd play rep hockey in the winter and rep rep soccer in the summer um but then for my school like I tried you know I played on the basketball team I played softball for a year I played field hockey cross country running um I just loved it all and I think um I think it's kind of important you know the the best athletes you know they they cross train they they play other sports in the off season i think that's really important i don't know in this day and age i feel like we're getting away from that a little bit and and kids are specializing so early and i just think it's important to you know play different sports but also just interact with different teammates get to know different you know networks of friends so for me um that that brought me a lot of joy playing different sports yeah for sure that's a really good point that's a really good way to uh, put all that do you, is from your experience with playing other sports or maybe there's sports you haven't tried but you heard about what what sports kind of correlate the most with hockey or transfer like the same amount of skills as hockey that's a really good question i mean i think there's for me like soccer was a was a great way to yeah. you know stay in shape before you know you're actually kind of training um you know when i was kind of before high school uh, so soccer obviously built a, a really good aerobic and anaerobic base. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think basketball. There's a lot of like quick passing plays that that are kind of similar to to hockey. Just yep. um, you know, thinking offensively. I'm sure there's there's stuff with with every sport. Um, yeah, for sure. But I think uh, yeah, it is what you make it. But I think you know, when kids are getting into you know just hockey training in the summer and they're not even in high school yet it's kind of like have fun get out there just enjoy something different yeah exactly i I think i think i i I totally agree with you i think it's important to try others try other sports and get coordination in different areas and hopefully it'll all come together if if you choose hockey as your main sport i think uh yep i think ryan has the uh, next question yeah for sure um just taking it back to before you even started college and you were just playing hockey when you were young, did you ever think about doing anything other than hockey professionally, like uh, a different profession? Yeah, I think so. I mean, as a female hockey player, unfortunately, we 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 don't have that dream of doing this as a, a full career. Um, so I think knowing that you know school was really important to me, and I, I studied government in uh, undergrad, and then went on to the master's in public policy. So I, I was kind of always thinking of what will come next after hockey. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm lucky enough. There's probably 20 
Canadians or maybe 25 Canadians and, and 25 Americans who can play hockey full time and um, have funding and, and get paid to do that. And that's, that's those players that are on each respective national team. Yeah. Um, but for, you know, the talent pool beyond that, and there are quite a few talented players uh, that, that make up, you know, our, our pro leagues, um, you know, you say pro with quotation marks because, you know, there's not salaries there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're doing nine to five jobs and, and they're, yeah. they're working full time. So um, I guess I didn't expect, we've had we've had a lot of um improvements in the funding that we have for the national team players so i guess when i was looking at this career i was i was dreaming of going to the olympics but i didn't really think that it could be you know a full-time career as it is now which is fantastic yeah um but we still want to expand that so that it 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 can be something that you know kids little girls dream of doing professionally yeah Mm -hmm. and i think we're going to talk a little bit more about like uh advancements in women hockey a little bit later but uh brady is next question i believe yeah so you kind of touched on the the funding aspect and that that being a challenge are were there any other issues or complications that kind of arose as a female being a female athlete um when you were growing up or was it all like kind of smooth sailing from my perspective it was mostly smooth sailing but i but i have a feeling that maybe you know my parents might have sheltered me from a few things yeah um i grew up playing on an all boys team and i played with um i played with the same group of guys basically the whole way up until i went to women's hockey in high school and played junior um i remember there was one time where I was supposed to be a call-up for the for the uh, team a year older than me. Okay. And I had been a call-up the year before um, as one of the kind of stronger players on my team. And I remember the next year um, there was some buzz that they weren't they weren't going to call me up because it would be an issue me being in the same change room. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But I think um, my coaches and and parents kind of came to my defense pretty quickly. But yep. you know, other than that issue, for the most part. You know, it was a it was a good experience for me. Um, but you know, I you, you changed in snack bars and you changed in restrooms and you know the, yeah. those kind of things that that happen when you're the only girl on the team. Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad to hear that you had a good experience and you know the little things that you kind of get used to and you don't really think about uh, just like that that becomes normal. But to us, I mean, I think that's a a pretty you know big deal like having inconveniences like that. So, but. Mm-hmm. Could be worse. So you are from Oakville. Did you ever play any of the uh, Ancaster teams? Yes, uh, I, I remember playing Ancaster. So I I was born in Oakville. Yeah. Um, then we moved to St. Catharines, played all my minor hockey there, and then I came back to Oakville for high school. Oh, okay. Uh, so I mostly played minor hockey with uh, the St. Catharines Boys AAA, which would have been the Sabers back then. Um, so we played Hamilton quite a bit. I think sometimes we played An- we would play Ancaster in tournaments. Yeah, I was gonna say mm-hmm. Ancaster doesn't really have a AAA team. It's Hamilton, but uh, just just yeah. thought I'd give a shout out to the city. But um, <laughs> you've uh, so one thing that's been pretty consistent through your career is you've been on like the leadership groups of oh, so many teams, including when you went to Appleby College, uh, Team Ontario. You were a captain at the U18 Championships, and in Calgary, you were a captain. And I believe you are an assistant on the uh, the women's national teams, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, what is um, 
what are like some of the big leadership characteristics that you took away from like your early experiences that you uh, that you find yourself like leaning on now or using more now with the national team? Well, I think there's so many different types of leaders, and I think on a hockey team of you know 23 people, people lead different ways. Um, I've always kind of tried to to be myself on a team, and um, you know sometimes that means you know, wearing a letter and that's a huge honor. And I think it's important when you're in that position to not change um, what you do. Cause obviously when, when you're given a letter, it's likely for a reason. Um, I try as a leader, I guess my style is just to be consistent, to be the same way. Um, you know, when I play with the Inferno as when I play with the national team, um, you know, try not to get, too high or too low with the ups and downs of a hockey season. Um, try to be that, that reliable person. Uh, don't know if I'm successful at that all the time, but uh, that's, you know, every, every player has their call, calling card and that's what I try to make mine. Uh, so we were just talking about um, like your leadership roles and stuff. And so like we know on the ice, you know what you're doing out there. You're a great hockey player and you show that through being a leader on the ice. But in college, you were also great academically. And uh, so you were a four-time All-American Ivy League winner, and you were actually named uh, by Business Insider as one of Cornell's 19 most impressive students. That's a pretty big deal. But like a lot of us have enough trouble just going through school without any athletics. How did you manage to balance the two? I, you know, when I was in it, it didn't feel like I was balancing it very well. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was such a busy time. But, you know, looking back on it, um, I think just time management. That's the number one thing for any student athlete is just kind of being able to look ahead into your week and, and know, okay, I got two games, you know, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, and it's against Harvard. So my focus is going to be gone from Thursday on. Yeah. And just okay, I need to get this done, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So just planning out that was that was huge for me, mm-hmm. um, because you know there there is a lot on your plate. Um, you know, you've got your off ice lifts, you've got practice, you've got games. You're going to be traveling a lot and be away from campus a lot. Uh, so looking at the beginning of the semester and kind of planning those out and figuring out, okay, this is where I need to to be productive. Uh, I think that was probably the biggest thing that that helped me. Yeah, for sure. And um, I know I wasn't at your caliber caliber for, for being an athlete, but I, I was on the varsity swim team in university. And I can say, like, kind of having that sport be so a part of my life, like I was training eight times a week, it kind of struck, I found it structured my schooling a bit more, and it, I kind of found it easier to manage my workload. So I don't know if you found the same. Kind of, It kind of created my schedule for me. Yeah, I can see that for sure. And I think it also just, I don't know, it helps you live, a pretty healthy lifestyle yeah um, you know like you can't you can't sit and study all day long you got to get out and exercise your brain other ways so I think overall it creates pretty balanced students yeah I agree and it, it breaks the day up more and um, a couple hours studying here a couple hours of practice um, you so some a little bit of social time so I think uh, I think it's healthy for for students for students to, like student athletes I think um, they're probably one of the healthiest people out there because they they manage so much and and do all that cool stuff. So I think uh, I think Ryan has the next question. Yeah. So we were uh, w- when we 
asked you to do an interview, we were kind of looking over all of the stuff that you and Team Canada have accomplished over the years. Is there anything that stands out to you the most or is the most important to you? Well, I think I, I, I'd be lying if the highlight so far wasn't, you know, the 2014 win of course, in Sochi. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was still to this day probably the craziest hockey game I've been a part of. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of people, they they know the story of, of how we were down with two, three minutes left, maybe down two goals and, and yep. came back. But it was such a perfect um representation of how our whole year had gone mm-hmm. uh we had so much adversity that year and i mean you know keeping in perspective it's the adversity that you face in a hockey season yeah um but still it was you know we changed our coach like a month before the olympics um we had a bunch of our key players kind of injured right before we got to the olympic village uh, we were on like a 12 game losing streak before we flew overseas for the olympics like just all these things that I guess, you know, from the outside, you didn't know that our team was going through. And then we kind of were just like, okay, no matter what comes at us in this tournament, like we're going to be ready to fight through it. Cause we've, we've done it all year. So um, it was yeah. kind of a fairy tale ending to that season to see us come back with two minutes left. And, you know, I'm sure most Canadians, although they were cheering for us, probably were like, okay, well, this one's over. Uh, not so, us. I, not us. So, I, I uh, can't imagine how crazy it was for you. It was crazy for us. <laughs> I, yeah, I was. Well, you know what? Like when you're in it, it's like it's not that crazy. But like, I think the people that probably had the biggest rate, like heart rate <laughs> range, is like the parents and family and friends that of were course, at the yeah. game. Like they were probably just having like a heart attack. But for us playing, like it's different when you're in in the driver's seat. Yeah. Whereas when you're when you're you know have no control and you're watching, it's like good luck. Yeah, for real. Yeah. I mean, every year at the Olympics, Olympic hockey and the World Juniors, men and women for both, they both just stress the heck out of me. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, ever since I was a kid watching them, and especially your game 2014 to the 2018, and even this past World Juniors with the the, the men facing Russia, um, in that game, um, we, we were down and it was. It's just it's just a roller coaster, and we're just jumping up and down and yelling, and like, you know, kind of like Jordan Eberle's. What, oh what, man, was that 2014? Or I. 20, I mean, oh no, that was juniors. That was juniors. But um, it's just we can't imagine. Like, well, I can't even imagine being a parent or a, a sibling or a friend or family. Like, I think they have it the toughest. You're totally right, but. Yeah. Jeez, it's it takes a toll on us. Oh, it's, like, it's absolutely just so stressful for us as well. When you're <laughs> like, obviously, you know, I can't imagine like you know what your parents, what the people in the rink are going through. But um, I grew up such a big fan of hockey, and uh, those situations, especially because it's you know it's Canada, we like I'm uh, just going absolutely nuts in those moments. But uh, in that 2014 game, like we mentioned, like you were down uh, one nothing going into the second period, and then all of a sudden Carpenter scores to make it two nothing. What's uh what's the mood like on the bench at that point? Are you guys getting a little bit dejected or um you know, are you guys just kinda like, all right, let's pick it up. We have you know, we have time on the clock left, like we can get this going. Honestly, it was kind of just like business as usual. Like yeah. yep. our 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 leader on the bench there, like Kevin Deneen, our coach, like if you look back and see the clips of when we do score, he's like ice in his veins. Like he doesn't react at all. <laughs> and I think his leadership like kind of set the tone for the bench 
And obviously we had really experienced captains too that were unbelievable in the dressing room like before overtime. But it wasn't like a ton of like raw, raw speeches. It was just like, okay, you know, we're okay. We've been here before and we just got to keep plugging away and, and, you know, take the ship at a time and perform. Um, yeah, it was just, I wouldn't say there's any, you know, magic pill or some, you know, over the top speech that you see in the movies. It was just kind of like, yeah. okay, let's, let's stay in this and stay focused. Like the conversations, I remember this sticks out to me, the conversations in the dressing room before overtime, um, you know, you, there was like D partners, like talking about the breakout, you know, line mates were talking about face offs. Like it was just the X's and O's, the business of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you were the one that actually scored to make it two one. You got the ball rolling for Canada. Um, what's, what's going through your mind at that moment? Like I've, I, I played hockey growing up, but I don't think I've ever scored a goal that like, well, I obviously definitely have not scored a goal, anything like that magnitude, but I uh, just want to know like, what's, what's going through your head at that point? Are you like, uh, just completely like on to the next one or are you just taking in the moment? Uh, when I scored, it was just kind of like, I, I don't think I was thinking a lot. It was just kind of like that emotion of like, okay, we've got a flicker of hope. Yeah. Um, and you could see, okay, we started to get a little bit more energy, um, started to, I think we were confident in the way we were playing the last 10 minutes before that goal, we were starting to really kind of take control of the game. And then just to see us get that break, it was like, okay, like we've got some momentum here. Um, so it was just kind of the start of a kind of wave that we just jumped on. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think momentum plays a huge role in hockey and yeah, it, it proved to be true there. So I think that that's pretty good. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so back to 2010 with the, the Vancouver Olympics and I'm not a hundred percent an expert on kind of like, uh, how the rosters are done and the centralizing of it all, but I, I didn't make the, the Olympic team in 2010. So how did you feel then? Was that really demotivating or that, did you use that as motivation and, you know, work harder and, and train more and try to get, make the next one? I mean, when it happened, it was, it was disappointing. Um, but I was in a unique situation. Uh, that was my first of the year with a, with the national team. Um, so I never really expected to actually be centralized. I was planning to go off to Cornell that year and, and have my freshman year. Um, so, you know, when it happened, it was disappointing and probably, you know, demoralizing for, you know, a couple of months. And then um, I started to look at the experience for what it was. Um, you know, it, it basically laid out for me exactly, you know, where I needed to get to in order to make the next Olympics. Um, and it gave me kind of that motivation, you know, going into the next couple of years, starting starting my career at Cornell. Um, I knew kind of exactly where where I was and, and where the gap was and what I needed to do. And, um, you know, at the time, I probably wasn't happy that it happened. But obviously, in retrospect, a lot of the toughest things that you go through in your career help you the most. And I think that was one of those situations for me. Yeah, for real. Like I, I, I also agree that most people can't succeed without failing first, and you, know, you learn from the mistakes and what, what, what it really takes to make those teams or get that job or pass that test. So I think it's, I think it's really important um, lessons in life there, and I'm, I'm glad that you're able to overcome that initial uh, disappointment and and go on to have a fantastic career. 
Uh, yeah, and, and you know, uh, talking about your success that you've had in your career, um, you uh, in 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 the CWHL, you were actually selected by uh, by the team that you wanted to be, you know, the Calgary Inferno, because uh, you were at school in Calgary at this point, correct? Uh, I was starting a master's, yeah, yeah, yeah in Calgary. So yeah, not a big I, deal. I mean, the, draft, the draft was kind of a misleading term for for how, oh, yeah. how it occurred with the CWHL. So yeah, they knew I was going to be in, in Calgary, and so I kind of selected that team. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um. So you, but you were named captain, and you won two out of three of your Clarkson Cup appearances. Um. How did your experience in the C Dub differ from uh from the other teams, like from the other teams you played on, and in the other leagues that you played on? I think it's the highest level of of club hockey. Obviously, like it's it's really high level hockey in the CWHL or was. Um. I think it's a bit of a shock to be honest when you're coming out of NCAA where there's so much structure and so much organization. And then, um, to jump into a league that is in large part, I guess the labor of, of the players. And, you know, I, I think we had some full-time staff, but you know, we were trying to build something and, and we are proud of what we were building, but, um, to be completely honest, there's just not the same infrastructure or support or funding to to run it as smoothly as you know the NCAA runs, obviously. Um, so that was you know a bit of a shock, uh, you know, coming out of college and you're flying, you're waking up at you know 4 a.m. on Saturday, flying across the country, playing that same day, playing the next morning, flying back. It was like yeah. a little bit to get used to. Um, but you, you know, you quickly kind of overcome that and, uh, just enjoy the experience for what it is and enjoy the high level hockey and, you know, winning those two Clarkson cups is, those are, you know, some of the biggest highlights of my career. And I had some amazing teammates, um, with the Inferno and it's a special place and in my kind of hockey career and to know that, you know, we were part of that first ever Clarkson cup to, to go to the Calgary Inferno was something special. Yeah, for sure. Congrats on everything too. Like it's it's really amazing what you did for the for Inferno with the, with your teammates as well. Thank you. Uh, so unfortunately, uh, the CWHL uh, folded in uh, early 2019. Uh, how did this news affect you personally, and maybe some of the teammates that you had at the time, or some other uh, people that were working throughout the league? We were shocked. Um, and I think pretty much every player was, was a little bit heartbroken. Uh, as I said, we had kind of worked at, at building that league, and, and we were really excited about the direction that it was going. Um, so when we found out, it was uh, it was pretty disappointing. I think we, we all actually went into the call, because a lot of us were in Finland uh, for the World Championship, so we had, you know, Team Canada, we were all in a room, and when we got that call, like we thought, Originally, we thought, oh, they're going to be calling about an expansion team. And then to hear that the league folded, it just, we were shell-shocked. Um, but now, I guess, you know, we're almost a year from that when we found out. And as much as, I guess, it could be a step backwards for women's hockey, I think it's a small step back for a giant leap forward. I think what we're doing with the momentum that we've created with the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association and our Dream Gap Tour and all the media buzz and all the attention that we're drawing to our sport, I think I think it's taking us in a really positive direction. And I hope that's going to lead to 
a sustainable, uh, true professional league uh, in North America in, in the next couple of years. Yeah, for real. And that's actually think, a, yeah. a perfect uh, transition to my question. I was going to ask, you know, what's next for professional women's hockey, in your opinion? You know, with the addition of uh, uh, women into the all-star skills competition in the 3v3, which, by the way, was the best part of the whole weekend to me. Um, but, uh, w- like, just what, in your opinion, is next for professional women's hockey? Well, I think, you know, right now we're at the stage of just showcasing our game. Um, you know, when we get people in the stands, we generally keep those fans. It's just a matter of um, increasing uh, the marketing and awareness for, for our product and, and the speed and pace at which we play the game now. Um, I think I think people are generally entertained when they come come watch us at the highest level. So I think what's next, I think, uh, I think the world's ready for a real professional league. Um, you know, one in North America that's going to draw the best Canadians, the best Americans, the best Europeans. Um, you know, essentially, a, I don't know if I could say it, but a WNHL would be the dream. Um, but, of course, you know, we've, we've got some work, I think, in order to get there. Um, I think something with the NHL would be fantastic for our sport because they have the infrastructure and the marketing power and the media power to make this thing uh, a real success. Um, that's what we believe. And I think it was a, it was a great step to have, you know, the involvement in last year's all-star game uh, to have the involvement this year's. I think it would be a really positive thing for our sport, but I also think for the men's side of the sport, I think there's so many female fans of the NHL. Um, and I think, tapping into that and understanding that there's also a desire to see the females at the highest level, I think is, is something that, as I said, would be, you know, a powerful step. And I think a really good step to expanding hockey fans and making sure hockey's for everyone. Yeah. Um, so it's, I, I read that you were a board member of the professional women's hockey player association. Um, so is this something that you're seeing actively like this push for uh, a women's hockey league on par with the NHL? Or is it uh, something that's more of a dream but still being worked towards? Uh, that's definitely our goal. Um, you know, the, the PWHPA was formed, and there's, you know, almost 200 of the top female players in the world. And, and our goal is to establish one sustainable, viable professional league um, that we can all play in. And, and we want to establish that, obviously, as soon as possible. But we want to make sure that uh, it's done right. Um, you know, that's why we mm-hmm. stay sustainable. We don't we don't want to launch something or get into another situation where, you know, eight, ten years down the line, um, you know, it's no longer running. We want something that's going to be there for generations to come. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, it's not something that's easily done either. Like, you can look at things like the XFL or the football league that just folded. It, it doesn't really matter the sport. It's difficult no matter the sport. Right? So... Yeah, 100%. And we've, we've done a lot of research and looked at, you know, the best female leagues that, that operate right now for team sports. Um, you look at soccer, uh, you look at the uh, basketball, WNBA, and the leagues that last the longest are the ones that have paired with the infrastructure on the male side of the sport that already exists. Um, you know, when you think about the NHL, how long it took them to, to get to where they are now, um, that's a long, long road, and and I think 
we would kind of benefit the most by by working with the infrastructure that's already there. And as mm-hmm. I said, I think there's a lot of NHL fans that that want to see that happen. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. I per- personally, I think I, mean, I would love to see that, um, uh, like a, a WNHL, WNBA, um, just on a, mo- a higher higher platform. Um, for WNBA and more broadcasting, more funding, and more coverage with you know TSN and ESPN and all that kind of stuff. I think that's the future that a lot of people want to work towards. So hopefully, if it's done right and not rushed, I think it, it would be great to see someday, and I think it will. Um, so just as just to kind of wrap up the the questions, we're gonna go, we're gonna have a couple rapid fire questions. Uh, just a, just a few of them, really quick ones at the end. But the last kind of question we have for you here is um. On the side, you know, when you're not playing hockey and doing all your academics in the past, uh, you like to volunteer a lot, and you spend your time at you spend your time at fundraisers, public speaking, and um, serving as a social media ambassador to raise awareness for various causes um, such as mental wellness and diversity. So, can you explain a bit of this um, about the importance of this in your life and uh, what your aim of all this is? Sure, I think. For for me, it's kind of always important to remember that when you're given a platform like we are when you're a you know, Canadian Olympian, um, you know, you're a role model to a lot of people, you know, whether you, you like it or not, um, you're, you're on a platform and you have to make sure that you're using that um, in a positive way. Um, I guess a lot of kind of the initiatives that I've, got involved in came from my my ties with you know various teams that i played for um when i played in you know calgary inferno uh we had a lot of us that would go and and work with uh youth and and help teach mental health curriculum and kind of tie that back to some of the initiatives that we were doing with our hockey team that year so um you know hockey's given me the opportunity to engage with my community and i think it's really important that as much as you can, you, you give back to the community that supports you. For sure. Um, one of the big things that we talk about on the national team as, as a program is making sure that we leave a footprint in every community that, that we visit. Um, you know, we may only get to Victoria once in, in our career on the national team. We may only get to London, Ontario once. You know, what, what kind of um, footprint do we leave on that community? So that's something that that we try to focus on a lot on this team, and I think, you know, as much as we're always, you know, in our last conversation comparing to to the men or talking about what we don't have, you know, it's really important to remember that as Canadians we've won the lottery and sure. to, to wear the maple leaf um, even luckier. So uh, making sure that we use that platform in a positive way and know it's a privilege. For sure, I think that's really important, and I think a lot of a lot of us appreciate that um, athletes like you take your time to to uh, to hit those cornerstones and all those topics. And it's important, you know, because you have your bed, let's talk day and all that kind of stuff. But it's important that we we carry on that the vibe from that day all year round. And I think uh, I think you guys do a great job at, at carrying on that that discussion. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I just have uh, one more question actually about uh, one of your teammates. Um, I think one of the most like recognizable names in all of women's hockey is Haley Wickenheiser. Uh, what was she like? Uh, Wick was a great professional. Um, she took care of, you know, everything from like her treatment, her off ice, on ice. She, she was super competitive. Um, 
and consistent in her performance. And I think that was a really, really great thing for me to see as a young player. I, I you know, played with her for a number of years and, you know, as a young player on the team, you kind of just have your mouth shut and your, your eyes open and try to mimic what you see. And uh, I learned a lot from, from Wickenheiser. I learned a lot from Hefford, Willette, Apps, Bunham, all those players. And we try to take in as much as you can before before they retire. And then you try to carry carry on what they've already established and, and continue to kind of set the tone for the team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, big footprints to, f- to follow, but I think uh, I'm sure they made it easy for you guys to make that transition and and with all with all the experience and knowledge you gain from them. So I think that's really cool um, that they you had such a good connection with a lot of them. So uh, we have some quick fire questions here. I think we have about 10. So just try not to think, just answer them as fast as possible. And um, uh, they're just fun questions. So first question is McDavid or Crosby? Crosby. Good answer. Good. That's a, that's the correct answer, by the way. <laughs> oh yes, there's 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 no right answers, but like there's kind of right answers. Like, well, you'll you'll know. <laughs> okay. Um, one of the questions that we ask everybody that we interview: um, crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Like every type of peanut butter. I'm like a peanut butter okay. connoisseur. I eat eat it more than anything else. We usually in my house have like. 12 jars on the go. Wow. Like, I'm not kidding. And various types. But the best, the best that I've ever come across is probably the Adam's Dark Roast Crunchy. Ooh. I guess that answers it for you. There you go. I got to agree with you on that That one. Yeah. That is great. Adam's Dark Roast. That has to be like the best answer we've ever gotten to that question. (laughs) Like, bar none. Um, So, another one. What is your favorite movie of all time? Um, Back to the Future, the first one. Good, nice. That's a good answer. Michael J. Fox. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so if you wake up in the morning and you make yourself some pancakes for breakfast, do you eat them as a stack or do you eat them individually? Individually. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're 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 crushing these right yeah. now. You're you're four for four with great answers here. <laughs> this is good. Wow, this is a, this is a first. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna jinx me. Uncharted territory. <laughs> so um, we didn't we didn't actually talk about this during the episode, but um, I think you met your partner at was it in Cornell, um, Haley, or did you meet before? Yeah, well, I actually met her before Cornell. Um, okay, before yeah. Yeah, we're from the same town, so I, I oh, cool. uh, we played Team Ontario before Cornell, but yeah. Okay, so Team Ontario, Cornell, and then the Inferno. Yeah. That's awesome. So, just basic question: Who's the better player? <laughs> I am. <laughs> Good answer. He'll never listen to this. <laughs> oh, well, that's that's no. kind of mean to us, um, but that's okay. Okay, I'll 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 rephrase that. I'm the better forward. She's the better defenseman. Okay, that's that's kind of what we thought you were gonna go with. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we yeah, thought yeah. that that was the cop out answer you were gonna give us, but <laughs> we'll we'll cut that part out and just leave in the part you said you're better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, what's the favorite rink you've ever played in? Uh, Lina Rink at Cornell. It's the best atmosphere, best fans, best pep bands, everything. To build on that, what's what's your favorite uh, away, away rink that you've been at? Ooh, there's a lot of really nice rinks in the ECAC, like the that Cornell League. Yeah. Um, the St. Lawrence rink is beautiful. Like the stands are all wood, and it's almost like you're playing like Ooh. in a church. It's yeah. it's gorgeous. That's cool. Yeah. 
that would be pretty incredible to do. But uh, what is, so if you could have dinner with one actor or actress, who would it be? Ooh. How do you answer that rapid fire? <laughs> uh, so I, what are some of the answers we've gotten before? We've gotten... Uh, well, Kira Knightley. Yeah, we've gotten Kira Knightley. I think we've had Denzel Washington. We've had... Howie Berry, I think. Yeah, Halle Berry. Joel, yeah. Joel Figueroa said. I'm just trying to buy you some time here so we can <laughs> think. Oh, I don't know. Um, I guess I'll just say Meryl Streep because yep. she would probably have a ton of stories. Yeah, for sure. That's a great answer. Thank you. Uh, what is your go-to breakaway move? Uh, backhand shelf. Oh. Yeah, that's uh, those are, those are always pretty filthy. Um, that's the Crosby one. Yep. <laughs> it's, a, it's the best one is a right-handed shot. For sure. Just got to get up over the blocker. Oh yeah. <laughs> if uh, you and Laura Fortino uh, played us four in a game, what's the final score of that game? So like a two versus four. As a two versus four, and just a for just context. a like for some context, Ryan and I we played uh, we played hockey growing up. I think Ryan played double A. I played single A. Uh, but I, Aiden and Brady, I don't, I don't think you guys can really skate, can you? I cannot skate. <laughs> I can. Okay, so kind of skate. It's basically two v two. Yeah, essentially. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big body. I, I'd be a good. Uh, I can stand in the. I make a better door than a window. <laughs> I, I think we'd probably like, what's. One of us is goalie. What does the game go up to? Uh, uh, let's say ten minutes. It's a ten minute game. How many do you ten think? Minute you could, game. Yeah. Aiden's I think it. it was. It wouldn't be like a blowout. I think we'd probably win like five two or something. Not a blowout. We, oh no way! I think you're running the score up. On a, <laughs> no, they they start they start taking turns. They end up going one on four. Yeah, that's that's why it would only be five to two. <laughs> I we had it at ten nothing. So yeah. <laughs> well, I'll definitely. So I'm giving you guys some credit. I've never seen you skate, but I'm just giving you some credit. Oh, if you played for Ancaster, you must be okay. There we go. Thank you. All right, and Brady, you got the last one here. Okay, last last question. Very, very popular question here on the podcast. Um, <laughs> what's the biggest animal you think you could take in a fight? Oh, like nothing. Uh, oh. <laughs> like, I don't, mm, Brady, do you want to give some of like, the biggest? previous answers? Yeah, some, like maybe a cat. Like. <laughs> okay, that's that's better. Um, we had a well, six, seven offensive linemen for football, and last time he, he said grasshopper as his first answer. So. I thought I thought he said like what three toed sloth or yeah, something he said, like, he said, like that. A sloth that was his something. that was his final answer, but yeah, oh, okay. grasshopper. <laughs> We've had T Rex, orangutan. Um, <laughs> Who says they could take a T Rex? Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, Delvin Bro of the like Hamilton Tiger Cats. He's a defensive back there. We we uh, we assume that it's the uh, defensive back mentality, but you know you you never know with those guys. Um. Yeah, he's confident. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Cat's fair though. Uh, so one last thing. Oh, you did you did great by the way in those rapid fire questions. Usually people can crack under pressure, but you absolutely absolutely clutch and nailed those ones. Uh, one last thing okay. I want to bring up before we wrap this up. Uh, 2015-2016 in the Calgary Inferno season, uh, you led the forwards in points, but your your partner Haley she led the defenseman in points. That's got to be uh, that's got to be pretty special at that point, eh? I honestly never heard that stat till now. Oh, that's, nice! That's awesome. Yeah. So that's uh, okay. Well, that's one to tell the grandkids about. Yeah. yeah. There you go. 2015, 2016. <laughs> Talk about a dynamic duo. That's yeah. that's insane. Congrats. All right. But yeah, um, that's all we have today. We 
I think I just saw 45 minutes, so that's perfect. Thank you so much for coming on. That was a great interview, and we hope we hope to have more you know of women hockey players on and women of other sports. I think this is great. We want to really promote women um, athletics and hope to see some someday see that um, hope to see that broadcasted into the 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 bigger world because we you know we're just, we're just one little small podcast, but we're trying to make the biggest difference we can. So thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for the support and, and thanks for having me on. I had a blast. Yeah, and not to not to put any more pressure on you, but uh, I'm expecting three wins out of this uh, out of this series between you guys and the states. Yeah, three for three. Three for three. Okay, well, just because you guys said that, we'll we'll try. <laughs> Brian Jenner with we'll three hat tricks. Just yeah. pretend it's us four out there. <laughs> I want to see those five goals. Five goals. Okay, between forty and I, we'll try to put five together. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. All right. Well, good luck in the future, and we we wish you all the best. Thanks very much, guys. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Thanks.